It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, what's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Well, it is, uh, it is, I don't know, it's a, a, uh, I, don't, I can't call it a beautiful Saturday, but it seemed like folks were having fun. We had some fun this afternoon. Shout out to Patrick Wall and the Queen of Jeans for allowing us to be part of their, I, I think, debut music video. So uh, hopefully that'll be out there soon. It's John Barcher, James Elzer, Brandon League out and all hanging out. We are keeping an eye on the Senior Bowl. Is That is the, the only good thing about this weekend, because if you're going to try and convince me to watch the Pro Bowl this weekend, uh, good luck. It's not. It's not going to happen. Skills competition or or anything else like that. We got plenty to get into, and the first thing that we want to ask you throughout this entire show is: it is uh, BGN Radio Sports Radio ninety four WIP. We have the free agency list out in front of us, and and from Howie's comments, which we're going to get into from this week, pretty much sounds like they're going to go that direction. The direction that we definitely said on this radio program last week. Interestingly enough, that they are going to stick with the free agent wide receivers to help fix the problem, to plug the hole. And it doesn't mean that they're not going to draft wide receivers. And maybe it doesn't even really take it off the table in the first round, although I I definitely think it does by now, despite all the different comments that are going around there. So what is your number one free agency target this season for this wide receiver class? And we're going to get into a bunch of different names too, so you don't have to go and look up and Google all that stuff. But James, Brandon's back in the saddle again. Uh, how are you feeling, James? What's going on this afternoon? I'm feeling pretty good, John. I can't take credit, though. It was actually you who suggested last show <laughs> that they would go with uh, wide receivers and free agency. 
Uh, if I remember correctly, I said you were absolutely wrong. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to eat, uh, take a little medicine here. But uh, look, I, I, it makes a lot of sense. You had laid out a good argument for why they should do it in terms of uh, helping the team right away and getting some guys out here who can actually, I don't know, catch a football yeah. in the NFL, Again, which would be a step forward. Very low bar to uh, to establish here. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know, BLG, did you take anything away from, uh, you know, a lot of people I think tried to read into, Zach Berman put out an article. This I think that's where it kind of all started, saying, the, the headline that they had put on there was just like, are the Eagles not taking a, a first-round wide receiver now, et cetera, et cetera. That really wasn't his point. I think more or less Howie Roseman's comments this week were basically saying, look, I think we've been very much in, is spoiled by the past draft classes here. You had Amari Cooper. You had Mike Evans. You had OBJ. You had that that run of wide receivers, which are not typical to NFL statistics. And NFL t- statistics say it's going to take three years for most of these guys to become anything. Uh, so I think more or less that's what he was saying. And it just, again, triggered this this whole conversation of that's where they're going to go. And again, don't be surprised if it's a big splash. Don't be surprised mm-hmm. if, it's a, if it's a Jeffrey or Pryor or any of those guys. Because I, I honestly still think they're at least going to be in the mix for those. But do you take anything away? Are, are, are they still going to be able to draft a first-round wide receiver? Because that's still what a lot of Eagles fans want. They absolutely still can, and that's Howie Roseman's point there, too. He's not saying we're not taking a receiver in the first round. I just, he's just saying... We're not only going to take a receiver in the first round and expect him to be the solution. We're not bringing in Corey Davis and saying, hey, this is T.O. And we're, you know, let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's go from here. And this is Carson Wentz's new weapon. And that's it. No, I mean, like, you can't expect that. I mean, because what if it's an el- another Nelson Aguilar situation, you know, where you bring in a high draft pick or even some of these other higher picks, uh, you know, Jordan Matthews, the second, Josh Huff, a third. Haven't really been that great. Uh, obviously, J-Matt's still around, but kind of just, you know, is what he is at this point. Uh, so the Eagles are going to be shopping in free agency for maybe not only one wide receiver. They're going to have to get multiple targets in here. Yeah, and that jives with what we had heard, right, with the Adam Kaplan report that they were going to remake this whole wide receiving core. What do you say? Expect, like, what, four, three, three, or, yeah, three or didn't four expect new three. receivers yeah. in here? And, and look, I, I, I think we're all okay with that, right? Any Eagles fan who is not okay with them completely overhauling the wide receiver core Probably didn't watch some play this year, John. No, and that's why I would even go as far as to say if you had a, a great trade for Jordan Matthews this year and it allowed you to trade up to get other help yep. anywhere, I'm o- I'm okay with that. They're not re-signing him. No, so they're what not. He's going to call, or they at least shouldn't. What, what you assume exactly, especially because look, he's been the I want to say best receiver, but best feels too strong. He's been the only the NFL. least worst yeah, receiver. Thank you. That's perfect. <laughs> he's been the least worst receiver on this team, and thus. His numbers have been inflated, and when you look at contracts, they go off those numbers a lot of times. I think he's going to be way, way overpaid. At least some team is going to come in, look at the numbers, and say, all right, we're going after this guy hard, and that's a mistake. Which which leads me, and this is something we touched on the podcast, and I want to make sure that this gets on the air as well. At BGN underscore radio, of course, is where you can always find us at BJ, uh, BGNradio.com and, of course, BleedingGreenNation.com. I, I think that people don't understand, because Jordan Matthews, when we think of that, too, and and you noticed even when he was missing, it was significant. I'm not taking anything away from that. But we we had this mentality of oh, baby Tio, hmm. here he comes. And, and this is and this is goes directly with what Howie was saying this week. How many times have we said that about Corey Davis? This is the next Tio. This is the next this. This is the next that. And how often does that happen? I mean, when you're talking about, oh, and even even the, the, the Cooper Cup love, which, by the way, definitely going to get into and lay into it because that, that hype has been way over the top this week. Now people are saying you got guys like Matt Miller and all those other 
I don't want to say dumb media scouts, but I'm going to say dumb media scouts are all just kind of like, oh, yeah, he's number three on my board now. You're just like, oh, my God. I want to get into that in in a little bit. But when we identify, and even Mike Williams, and I'm not taking anything away from either one of those guys. I think they're phenomenal. I think they could have great careers in the NFL. They're nowhere close to the guys we mentioned in 2014. Nope. They're not, you know, they're not Amari Cooper style. They're not there yet. Yeah, they're, they're not Mike Evans. They're not those types of guys or Sammy Watkins coming out, OBJ when he was coming out. They're not that level of prospect even. So they're going to take, they're going to need time. They're going to need time just like everybody else does in here. So now we're, I think you're, you're finally seeing that curtain finally come down and people maybe either, well, I don't know if they're recognizing it or not, but they should be that they, this class will take time just like every other class that's that's behind it. And there are guys later on, they're not the only two wide receivers on the planet. You know, there are a lot of key factors here. Ryan Switzer, who's a, who's a guy that comes up. Zay Jones is another guy that's increasing his visibility, especially this week and as we're speaking right now. There are guys that can go in there, have reliable hands and make plays and guys that you can develop. And at the same time, you don't have to be locked in to wide receiver in the first round, even though we're deadly thirsty about all of that. It's important that these guys nail free agency, get those guys as starters to catch a football, and then hopefully one of those guys comes up in the next two years or so and can replace the free agents that you had, or you get lucky and those free agents ended up being really great signings and have great careers as Eagles. Yeah, well, that's you. You pray to God that is what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But on top of that, I think what, what Brandon said at the beginning holds true. I, I don't think that they can't go out and spend money in free agency and still draft a Mike Williams if he falls to them. Yeah. Or still draft a Corey Davis. Uh, I think that it's not mutually exclusive. Yes. The idea of having a, a potential stud and, and the baby T.O. thing. Let's just stop calling people baby T.O. I think would be a nice <laughs> way to kind of solve that issue. But to have someone like that with Wentz to develop for, for the future and over time is is a really you know tantalizing proposition. But I, I agree. I think we've kind of gotten to the point where because of how bad it was at wide receiver, we were like, they have to go in and get one of these guys. And I think as it kind of goes along here, we're seeing that, you know, maybe they don't. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. And and again, throughout the show, if you have a free agency target that you desperately want, and look, we, of course, make it, Make it realistic, too. You know, I don't want to, oh, yeah, I want to. Prior and Jeffrey. Yeah, they're just, signing both. They're signing both of them and, the, and you know, whatever. If it makes sense with cap space or whatever, I, 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 want, I want to hear it. Because there are, I think, some other names that don't get discussed enough, and we'll get into that in probably the next uh, 15, 20 minutes or so. 888-729-9494. What, I, what we need to get into, though, however, mm-hmm. is this thing that was brewing. So, uh, originally... Again, Tim McManus had reported about Jeffrey Lurie and his hands being more involved than any other owner. And and some some of these things you can start to poo-poo and you're like, okay, whatever. A couple of weeks ago, everybody remembers Filippo was in the mix for the Jets job. The Eagles blocked it. Wasn't a lot of information either way on what you could really base that on. Was it Filippo saying, hey, guys, help me out here. I definitely don't want to go to that mess in the Jets. Can you just politely decline for me or block me or do whatever? And it kind of moved on from that. Then you thought, okay, well, maybe if Frank Reich gets a, a head coaching job, they don't want to have him be just, you know, out, out uh, and have him take over the OC job here. There's a lot of different factors going. <laughs> so, Jeff, so this came out, of course, who are all, all getting mesmerized as uh, Houston is playing the Sixers, and it's probably why I missed it up until, you know, uh, a little later on this afternoon, where Jeff McClain is now coming in and reporting, actually, that's where, <laughs> that's where Lori came back in. 
and he blocked this thing. He did that because he was protecting his quarterback. So, again, it's another situation where the general manager nor the coach decided, no, you have to keep this guy here. It was the owner. Yeah, and and adding to it, making the whole situation that much worse is the fact that McLean also reported that they had promised Filippo when they hired him as the quarterback's coach that if he got an opportunity for but who offense, had promised him, right? Well, still uh, exactly. But the point is, is that promise apparently Doug mm-hmm. Peterson had promised mm-hmm. him. But regardless, the point is Whoops. that the team had made a promise to this guy that if he has the opportunity to get an offensive coordinator job, they would not block him. Now to go and block him after. That's a real issue for me. And look, I want Filippo here. I'm I'm happy he's going to be here working with Wentz, continuing that growth. I like Filippo, but I think it sets a really, really bad precedent within your organization and BLG to the rest of the league. When you're bringing in coaches of any kind, whether it's a new head coach, if Doug doesn't work, or whether it's a new quarterbacks coach, if, if Filippo does move on, whatever it is. You're setting a really bad precedent that coaches are going to come in here and feel like something you tell them, unless it is, you know, in the contract, that you might not actually follow through with it, BLG. I have a couple of thoughts on this, and I think that's definitely a valid concern there. Obviously, you know, if they're going to make a promise, although I guess it was written that uh, Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson made the promise, not Jeffrey Lurie, and, you know, him being the overriding power, you know, there's a interesting dynamic there. But I think, you know, uh, to play devil's advocate a little bit here, like uh, John said, we don't know for sure if Flip really even wanted that job. This could have kind of been a favor to him. if, Because, like, I mean, does he really want to work with Christian Hackenberg? No, no, but at the same time, but you, you I, 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 that's certainly possible. But then why does this story come out? Right. Why does this get leaked now? Exactly. What, so, this does no positives if that's actually the case. That That's only negatives coming from it. Yeah, it's not great. But I'm just saying, like, it could probably worse. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming. We don't know for sure, but I think. Flip probably got a raise or something, so yeah. it's not like he the worst case <laughs> yeah, situation. For, it's not like he's like you know uh, going unemployed poor. on yeah, the right, street yeah. or something. Sure, <laughs> yeah. but um, but yeah, I think it's uh, I, I think it's kind of like it, you know you don't look at that and you're like uh, you know you kind of cringe a little bit because it doesn't have the best optics. At the same time, Flip is going to be uh, his contract is up after this year, so he's going to have the power after this year. It's not like they're going to be able to block him again, and again. I mean, he, after this year, he's going to have. Uh, his own free will to decide what happens. Yeah, if more comes out in this and be like, no, you had a two-year deal and that's what you have to stick to, th- then yeah, I-, I think that might hurt you in the long term, you know, with him or if there is a, a situation where Frank has to – and I-, I still honestly don't know what Frank Reich does. Me either, man. I don't know. And, what and, has he done? And to me, if you're going to lose one of the two of these guys – you're going to lose Frank Reich. I would prefer to lose You're going to try and ship him off to somewhere else, another team that needs – an offensive coordinator, uh, uh, you know, a head coaching job, whatever you have to do to pump him up. Like they need to Andy the the crap out of him the way <laughs> that they that he did for Doug Peterson to get him. Was like, yeah, I just I just want to get rid of this guy. He's uh, the best. You want him? I yeah, promise. Trust me on this one. Uh, so I, I think there is now that because we discussed on the podcast this week because Lori's down at the Senior Bowl and there's only two owners that are at the Senior Bowl: Tim and Jim Mersey. Yikes. Okay. So like, you're just like, all right, well, how much are you getting into? I think we all had kind of a middling position except for James, where James is like, listen, this is bad because he always gets in there. We're trying to figure out. Well, concerning is the word that I use. Concerning. And and then, and then you start to think, well, why is it concerning? You know, I, I came up with the theory of this was his team and he kind of lost it when Chip was here and he just wants to make sure that everything is cool and everything is in place. 
But then, you know, this this <laughs> this side of it, when these things started to come out, and yes, yep. it's you shouldn't be all crazy and worrisome, like, oh, my God, they're going to ruin the team. But when, when these things happen, and they're, again, it's just, it's the clown car explanation, which I don't like. It's, you know, I, I know people read it different ways, but when I first read that, I was saying, oh, actually, that's the coach's call, and it goes here, and then mm-hmm. this guy does this. It, it just seems more like deflection to me rather than, like, showing that Doug has power or showing this other stuff or that Doug's really involved. It's it just it, it continues to, to look bad and it looks like they're making excuses for the owner being involved in the job and nobody's really saying, Well, yeah, my hands are tied because this guy told me I couldn't do yep. anything. I, I I think that's exactly the situation and, and that's what concerns me. And and the idea that I get it, he wants his team back and all that, but you, when there's so much it's so many situations we're seeing here where he has employed guys to do a job and then overriding them with his own calls. It's like, why are you putting Harry Roseman in the role he's in? Why are you bringing in Joe Douglas to do what he's doing if ultimately you're not going to take their advice? And I'm not saying this is happening all the time. I'm sure the majority of time Lori listens to them, but it worries me that the ultimate call is coming from someone who is not a football person. He is the owner of the team. He is not a scout. He is not a personnel guy. He's not a coach. Like, uh, perfect example at the senior bowl just the fact that he's there and they're not willing to fly their assistant coaches down there i mean you don't want mike grow to look at these wide receivers that he's yep. going to potentially coach you don't want unlin to look at these cornerbacks that he's potentially going to coach or safeties or whatever it is that is what worries me i i, I think that lori it worries me that he's so involved but it also worries me that it seems like he's more involved than people who should be making these types of decisions and we'll keep diving into this as long as uh, and we'll uh obviously touch on a lot of uh, different free agency targets and getting into the Senior Bowl talk as well. It's BGN Radio, John Barcher, James Elser, and Brandon Lee Gowden all hanging out with you until 6 o'clock right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Only 17 days. So pitchers and catchers report. Your home for Phillies baseball. It's a three-run home run for Michael Franco. Sports Radio 94 WIP. You know, as we're as the promos talking about pitchers and catchers, which we are all very excited for, because well, you know, Sixers are finally giving us some relevancy here in, in the middle of February. Normally, that hasn't happened, so that's nice. But Fransky in LA doing their their show yeah. coming up in February has got me super super pumped. Every Wednesday from six to seven p.m. Correct. The hot stove show. I'm pumped to see that. It's BGN Radio right now with John Barcher, James Elzer, Brandon Lee Gout, and all hanging out. So we we said we were going to go through. The free agent list, and I think it's important that we do because, uh, I, I, you know, I, here's the, what I'm going to start with first. I, I think everybody would be on board with some level of Jeffrey being here, depending on price and whatever. I think everybody's willing to take a risk on the PDAs, the the injuries, and, I don't know, the knuckleheadness of, of him to be a weapon there. He's a 50-50 guy that can catch a ball. He's everything that DGB is supposed to be mm-hmm. and that DGB is not. So I, I think... In most agreement, we're, we're with that. I, I think if you put together, now if they're out on that, I really like the idea of Pierre Garçon being here. I, I think that there is, and I don't think that's talked about enough, more so than than a guy like Deshaun Jackson is or, or whoever is. I'm fine with Deshaun being here for price and purposes and whatever. I just, for some reason, I really think he's going to stick in Washington, and this is all kind of like a, a, a weird coup to, <laughs> to get his price up to stay there. I love the idea of, of a Pierre Garçon Kenny Stills and or Robert Woods kind of trio, if that's what you do, some some of it pre-draft, some of it post-draft, and putting those guys together. They need somebody that's that's nasty. 
And Pierre Garçon is probably not a good teammate as he's thrown under the, you know, coupons under the bus multiple times this year uh, without actually really saying his name. But still to me, I think I love the idea of a guy that's going to be more so what Jordan Matthews was supposed to be. A guy that can go across the middle, talk crap, you know, that whole package. I really like the idea of him being here. I do too. Uh, Look, again, and we can say with Deshaun, with Pierre Gerstone, with any of these guys, it comes down to to the price for the production, obviously. I'm a big Pierre Gerstone guy myself. I would prefer him to Jackson as well. I think he'll be a little cheaper as well, obviously, which helps. But I think he's a more reliable target. He gives you more on a, you know, every play type of basis than just the long shots. I'd rather do, like you said, combining him with the stills. Stills does what Deshaun does for the most part. Not quite as good, but younger, just as fast. Um, just going back to the Jeffrey thing, personally, if they're going to to invest big, if they're going to say we're getting a top guy on the market, I'd rather it be prior. I, I think he's a better bet to stay healthy. I, physically, I mean, it's hard to say someone's a better athlete than Jeffrey, but he is. Um, so, but either of those guys, I, I agree. I think the vast majority of people would say, all right, let, you know, let's shell out the cash. It's worth it for that guy. Um, other than that, I, Pierre Garcon is certainly high on my list. I think Kenny Britt's probably going to be a little overpaid based on the season he just had. But another guy that if you can get him at a right price, I think is a, is a decent name in there. Um, but, you know, outside of that, you get to, like you said, John, you get to the Robert Woodses, the, you know, Justin Hunters, the Andre Holmes at BLG. It looks to be a... a Guys who, it's sadly guys who are better than what we've had, but also not necessarily monster upgrades on the whole. Like I said to you guys before the show, I'm looking at this list of free agent wide receivers, and I'm pretty sure almost, almost all of these are upgrades on what the Eagles currently have. <laughs> yeah, it's very big, big or small, it is big. still an upgrade, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking at a bunch of names here. I think some of the guys that you mentioned, not to be a party pooper here, but I don't think they're <laughs> going to hit the market. I don't think, Gar- I think Garcon is the guy Washington keeps, and I think they let Jackson go. Uh, I don't think Pryor gets out of Cleveland. They have so I don't, much I don't money. Either. I don't and either. they have the tag. Yeah, tag I, I don't either, but I'm right. just, if if it hap- if it's possible, I like right. Pryor a lot. So a lot of these guys, you know, probably won't hit the, the market. Uh, we could always see Chicago tag Jeffrey again. That's always possible. I'm not saying likely, but, you know, it's another option for them as well. So uh, there's, I think the Eagles looking at this list, you know, I think they're looking for like a top guy, one of the, one of the better guys, like a Jeffrey or a Deshaun or a Kenny Britt. And then you're looking at like a lower tier guy, maybe a guy like Brian Quick, who's not going to be an exciting name, but he comes from the Rams, and that's where new Eagles receivers coach Mike Grow was just coaching. God, so, please, I just hope it doesn't go like that. I'm I really saying, hope it doesn't go like that. Why don't you like it like that? I'm saying you get a a, a number one guy, and then a like a guy who. Oh no, no, I meant I meant in the sense. No, I like I like where your 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 stream of uh, consciousness is is going there. I have a problem if it's. Because Mike Grow, Grow used to work with Brian Quick, so we'll bring him in. That 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 I never ever want to happen. Sure, yeah. And, well, and we see it too. I mean, well, look, that's the reason. No offense, we had Leonis McKelvin here, and we had all these guys <laughs> here that we didn't want because Jim Short said these are my guys. Bring them in. So I'm with you on that. Uh, I, or at I, least don't be convinced by. That. Yeah, I'm okay if he, like somebody wants to. Get, here's the thing that I'll always try and throw back out because of Grohl is where is the value for Brandon Marshall being on this football team because I, I i don't know I, I mean the idea of it is just like oh yeah i mean yeah sure if jets are willing to part ways for a fifth or, you know something like that Which and would be ironic he's already kind of on the teeter of of dealing with uh, i think i'm going to retire anyway after my contract's up but is there any value in bringing him in f- for whatever 
Because I, I, I don't, I, I love the idea of it, but I'm still. Yeah, I'm kind of you know, where I you're at. Know. Yeah, look, sure, uh, you know, a sixth or something. I, I'd take a shot on a couple years of Brandon Marshall, but like you said, I don't think that's the the move. I don't think Brandon Marshall. You go get Brandon Marshall. You're like, all right, we'll draft a guy. We're good to go. I don't think that's the case one bit at all. And. I mean, Brandon Marshall, I think I think he should. Re- I mean, he's going to be one of the great television guys that we have. That's he's fantastic. going to be so good at it. Um, but regardless, I, look, I sure, but I, I'm, I'm with you that I don't think it's a, a great answer. Yeah, and, and I guess what, is not just Brandon Marshall specifically here, BLG, but is there any, and I, I and again, I can't really find the value in, in any of those guys. Do you think that there there is trade on their minds at all before they get into the draft, before you know, as free agency kind of opens here? With Howie Rosen, we can never rule it out. Again, we go back to the fact that Howie Rosen has made like twice as many trades as the next team since 2010. So, I mean, I I can never say no. Uh, I don't really know the names of guys who are on the block right now. We've seen Brandon Cooks Cooks thrown around. I don't really know if that's going to happen. I'm sure there will be some other guys there that pop up. How about a guy, you know, speaking of like Brandon Marshall and older guys, how about a guy like Anquan Bolden, who the Eagles had interest in last year? (laughs) I mean, it's kind of funny because you're looking at that and you're like, no, that guy's too old. But I mean, like, come on, the Eagles need help now. I mean, I know they're not necessarily pushing for a title this year, but you still have guys on this team like Jason Peters and Darren Sproles, and they're on this team still. Why not bring in Anquan Bolden, a great locker room guy, a guy that can help the team now and not just help the team, but more specifically help Carson Wentz and his development. Isn't there value in that? Oh, yeah, I think there's tons of value in that. Again, post-draft, see where he's at, see where he wants to be. He's going to make that decision on his own. Uh, And, yeah, whatever reliable quality targets I think you can get. And I don't know if they make a Bolden move depending on, again, they want to take care of the problem before they get to the draft. Then they're probably going to take one or two wide receivers in this draft as well. Uh, So by the time you get to there – I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if I'd do the, the Anquan Bolden move unless you really missed out in the draft. Yeah, I think it, it's situational, but I, I certainly would take a guy like Bolden. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, how many times did we say we wanted Bolden last season? That was the go-to truest eagle. But um, I, I think Bolden would be a fine signing. I, and I, I think in addition to helping Carson Wentz out, I think that's the kind of guy who actually can come in and help whatever young receivers are actually here, kind of. Go about your business. Show him how to how to really play like an NFL wide receiver because he's done it for a long time and he's tough and he's a, a clearly seems like a good teammate from everything you hear. So I'd be fine with an Anquan Bolden. Yeah, and, and there's a again, I think there's a lot of different guys where you could fill in and just like BLG's been saying, where it'll be an automatic upgrade regardless of of how that happens. So when you look at guys, even guys like Jeremy Curley who I I thought was left for dead after the Jets, and you're just like, ugh, I I can't believe it. And then he goes to San Francisco, has a really solid year. as basically their number one target because there is no talent there. But again, that's another post-draft move or pre-draft move that I think is just like, well, here's a guy that we know can catch a ball, very aggressive with it. And it's just amazing to me how many people are on this list that have those qualities, that can tap their toes. Even our old friend, Terrence Williams. Is a kind of an interesting name. Very inconsistent, obviously, but uh, it still comes up with some rather big plays, like you know, at at at, uh, at crucial times, and and that's where you're going to need. You're going to need as many reliable targets as it's going on here. So the more and more I think about this, I really do think that it's not just two wide receivers that come in here in free agency. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up signing maybe. 
three or four. You know, I, I don't I don't think I, I don't think that they should limit themselves on it. You really do need to rebuild this core. You've hired a new wide receivers coach. You might as well just kind of go all in in this thing and and completely change everything that's going through there. A hundred percent. Look, you know how many I like. I said I if I watch none of those Eagles receivers who took a snap this past season play for the Eagles again, I will not lose a second of sleep over it. Uh, so yeah, I think that it was clearly the most efficient part of this team this year, and and a team that had obviously a fair amount of other deficiencies, but. You know, the wide receiving core was the worst in football. I mean, how many times did we say that Wentz has the worst weapons of any team in the league? I still believe that he had the worst weapons of any team in the league. So, sure, blow it all up, man. Is there, and this is what I'm saying, BLG, is there any value in holding on to DGB for to, in an offseason to see where it's at or Aglor other than cap room issues or anybody that's still even, even the Hall of Famer Paul Turner, even all yeah. those guys? Or is is any of that worth hanging on to at this point? Oh, we'll start with DGB. I think the Eagles really want to uh, have him in their offseason for one year. I don't know if that's going to make a huge difference or not, but I think that's honestly something they do want because he came in late last year in August, and Doug talked about that during the year a lot, you know, about how they had to bring him along slowly, and, you know, they didn't feel like he could get fully incorporated in the year. They wanted to give him a full offseason, so we'll see how that goes. Not super optimistic, but we'll give him a shot. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, <laughs> the, the hope for him is just its very low. I think it's as low as it could possibly be because it's just like, what has he done? And really the only reason the team is keeping him is because if you cut him, you're losing cap space. So they're just not going to do that. They basically have to keep him around. As far as guys like you know Paul Turner and Bryce Treggs, they're so cheap. You know, you just bring him back to training yeah, camp not? and you know, why not? Maybe they can make the practice squad again. Great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're just you're not looking at a lot of guys on the team right now, and and hoping much for them because even though it's funny because uh, you'll see Howie Roseman talk about how oh we have this youth that receiver, but yeah, it's not very good. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, young, young, dumb, and full of rocks. This was uh, I'll kind of curtail that one before I get myself in trouble. But uh, there is, uh, I, I, and that's why I keep coming back to when we're we're concentrated so much on wide receiver and rightfully so. But this just goes back to. They need a playmaker. They need something that's going to be there. It's not in the reliability is one thing, but whether it's, you know, if the miracle happens and a player like Fournette drops down into that eight, nine, 10 range, man, you really got to start thinking about that Get stuff. Him. And, and the same with OJ Howard and the same with a lot of these guys that are coming in. I don't care if it's a wide receiver, whatever is going to impact your, even if it's, if they're blown away by a left tackle. Or or whatever a they big were, play left tackle, big play <laughs> left tackle who can you know you split out and play tight. I don't know something this other imagine not not really in that sense, but th- there has to be somebody in a skill position set somewhere that is. I, this is what I get worried about, and this is what I want to talk about next. I still feel like the Eagles are in that weird cusp of whether it's at fourteen or fifteen, you're still going to miss out on that big-time playmaker, because I look at this draft and I see 12 guys, and then that's where the line is, you know, and and as much as we want to get back into, you know, just like we're saying at the top of the show, Corey Davis, Mike Williams, all those guys, oh, they're huge impact players right away. I don't know. I don't know. So I want to have a discussion on do you guys think that they need to trade up in this draft rather than trade down, because I am on bandwagon, trade up and go get a playmaker and don't mess around. 888-729-9494. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We're not saying it's the last wing bowl, but if it was and you missed it, 
What would your parents think? My failure as a father. Wing Bowl 25 from Sports Radio 94 WIP. Read my lips. Do not trade down. <laughs> I thought you were going to say no new taxes. No, well, that too. <laughs> no new taxes. Unless it's Mexico, and then I'm going to announce it, and then I'm going to retract it because I'm going to look like an idiot. It's John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowton, hanging out with you. It's BGN Radio. You cannot trade down. I, I'm Every year, we get into this discussion of just like, oh, you know what will happen? They'll trade back for three spots. They'll get a left tackle. Then they'll trade back again. Then they'll get a first-round pick. Like, there's all these weird theories on how to get less talented players. <laughs> right? That's it. It happens every single year. And every time you're like, you don't know you could find talent everywhere. Yes. But you also know that these 12 guys that are sitting here are better than the next 12 guys that you're going to develop. It's just true. And yes, a lot of that comes from luck. But a lot of these guys have the physique, have the mentality, have exactly what the Eagles need. I'm tired of hearing the trade down scenarios. But Belichick does it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and how many times? How many times has that worked out? How many times has that worked out? No, they're scrambling for talent all the time. Yeah. No, I look, I, John, you and I could not be any more aligned on this. I not only will be angry if they trade down, I want them to trade up. I'm with you. I, I've said it on the at BGN radio under at BGN underscore radio, our go, most recent podcast. <laughs> My official draft uh, want or strategy or whatever is as you mentioned before, if Fournette falls into that 8, 9, 10 range, trade up for Leonard Fournette. That's yeah. what I want. I want Leonard Fournette. Or, or, I know that's a lot to ask, but I want Leonard Fournette. <laughs> BLG, is there any reason why this team should trade down? Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, Are I we going to have another feud here? Hold probably. On. Am I going to have to John and I, we finally just, <laughs> yeah, just started talking again. And then, oh boy. No, I, I think honestly for the Eagles, the for, for me... The sweet spot is at most like move up three spots or so. At most move three down. I'm flexible to moving a tiny bit either way. I'm not looking to make a big move up, you know, because they did that last year and you don't want to be giving up a lot of picks again. Also, not looking to move down. I'm not saying move down and pick up another first or whatever because that just doesn't happen. It's not realistic, and I don't think that's what they're looking to do there. Um, either way, I'm I'm flexible. I'm not I'm not locked in saying yes. We need to trade up again. My thinking is that you know. Uh, if the Eagles win the coin toss, and maybe they will, and can pick at 14. <laughs> we all know they're not going to win the coin toss. Come on. <laughs> but if they do, James, if they're at 14, and, you know, they're they're looking at the board there, and there's a guy that leaks out of that top 10 who who they had it in their top 10, and their guy is sitting there at 11 or 12, and I think that's when you pull the trigger and you get your guy. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much right on with how I'm thinking, too. You either have to I, – I don't want them to move back at all. You selected 15. If you can't move up, you select. You don't, I mean, don't unless Smith it is it. really, really <laughs> awkward circumstances where all 14 players you had on your board or 15 players you had on your board are, are somehow gone. I don't know how 15 players disappear yeah. with 14 picks, but still in the same. It in could the, happen to the Eagles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Vikings moved up and they're taking two guys. So sorry. That's just how it works. But Don't forget I, to turn our card in in time like yeah, the Vikings. I think the limit up here, I don't want them to go crazy if they are going to trade it, but I think there's almost a have to to get to 10. 
And we've seen him do it before. You know, it just happened last year. Yeah, so don't tell me that, that it's not possible. And this is just five spots I'm talking about. Anywhere in that spectrum. I do think it leaks out, though. I think one of those guys, somebody, so we, we, so one of these teams is going to go, you know what, let's just take Mike Williams now. Oh, and, yeah. and, and a corner or somebody else is going to slip down there, yep. and that's your time, or O.J. Howard or whatever, and that's when you have to attack. Although, d- judging by today's game, O.J. Howard is probably not going to slip past out of the top ten, which is which is uh, amazing. And, you know, the bowl games, everything that's leading up to it, I'm okay with that. The that's one, still my guy. There is one other thing that we are still far away from the draft, and I know that people are not expecting quarterbacks to go up there, but... There is the chance, and what we all are hoping for. Everyone pray that Deshaun. I mean, I think Trubisky goes in the top ten either way, which is disgusting, uh, by ridiculous. The way. But I think he does. No, no, no. It's good, guys. It's yeah, definitely it's, it's, it's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deshaun Watson, Kaiser. Those guys are studs. Go get them. We <laughs> yeah, want, absolutely. We want those guys going, and that could really impact kind of how that the guys that we're looking at in that top ten kind of. Shake, shake out, as it were. Yeah, even just like you're saying, even two QBs going in the top yeah. 10 really, really kind of changes things. Let's go to Lou in Northeast Philly. Lou, what's going on, buddy? You're on BGN Radio. Yeah, how you doing? Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I have a problem with Roseman. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Okay, I don't want him going out and getting second-tier receivers in, in free agency. Go get me a top guy, and then if you want to get a second-tier guy, get me get me one that's worth it. Don't get me I – need, I need at least one top guy to, for him to go get, but – I don't trust him is what I'm saying. Now, I got a question for you. In the draft, uh, there's a quarterback from Florida, and I've seen a couple of mock drafts. There had are two of them. Through. Right. There's one that I saw him have him drop into the Eagles at like 14 or 15, uh, Tease to Moore. Yeah. His actual, his actual first name is Jalen. Can you tell me anything about him? Is he, is he worth that? That far, it's that interesting. Far you know what's weird is with both of those cornerbacks. Yeah, I saw Quincy Wilson. I think Quincy Mel Kuyper had Quincy Wilson go into them in his first mock, too. I, I think a lot of people think uh, Tabor has that higher ceiling because he's quicker, that's, because there's not. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm asking. Is he is he on the taller side or no? Uh, I, I think they're I think they're actually almost the same size. And, about and 5'11"? The, uh, yeah, I think actually Tabor might be about uh, six feet, six one, somewhere, somewhere around in there. I think he's the taller of the two. I might have that wrong. He's we'll look that up. Six feet tall. Okay, so yeah, he's, yeah. T- so yeah, he's got a little, t- and the the wingspan and a lot of that too. So the difference between the two guys really is Tabor can recover a lot of the time, but he's not okay. as good versus man as Quincy. Quincy is a lot better oh, against more the, against more the, the better cover guy. Uh, yeah, but he also he also has a tendency to not be able to catch up to his mistakes. So it's kind of a, uh-huh. a, a, a give and take. I like either one of them personally, but I think that Tabor's probably has the higher ceiling. Okay, well, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I, don't, I, I, I trust Roseman at, at, as far as, like, I can stop him with my shoe. That's how much I trust him. <laughs> he, he likes to go out and get, you, you, know, what I, you know what I think of, of, of Roseman? I think he, he should have the, uh, the uh, Clemenza treatment that, he, that Clemenza did on uh, Carlo. Hello, Carlo. You know, you put the cheese wire around him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And made, him fish, and made him fish food, you know? Well, well Lou, Lou, let me say this. When you say top-tier wide receiver, so what if Howie is on your same wavelength and, and selects that? Who's who's the top-tier no, no, guy no. for you? No, I'm, I'm talking about in free agency, a top-tier guy. No, that's I, I'm saying the same thing. So if he if he goes with, well, say, say he brings in uh, uh, Jeffrey, uh, is that an okay move by you? Uh, I'm good with that. Okay, it, so, it, it, so this I'm is what with- I want to say, and I, I appreciate the call, Lou. If and we all God, agree, and the Godfather reference, it, yes, of course. If we all agree today that Jeffrey, we would all be happy with, depending on as long as it's not thirteen million dollars or right. something crazy like that. But if it's in an, a seven to ten million dollar range where you're bringing him in and it doesn't work out, just remember we were all here saying, yeah, I think it's worth it because of 
what's happening, what's going on in the draft, and to not be locked into that position. So, yes, I, I, I we, we can all disagree on on what's going to happen in the future. I, I think Howie's okay in free agency. Yeah, I think that's kind of his strength, right? You would hope that that that's the area that and, – and in the past, he's done a decent enough job there. We worry, Except yeah, with the well, wide, receivers wide receivers last year. That's yeah, literally yeah, about to go there with yes. Reuben Randall and Chris Givens. That – that's something that people don't talk about enough as a miss. And that was a big miss, even though not money-wise they were big misses. They couldn't even make the team Exa- on a, they a team of the-, the worst wide receivers in the league. Exactly. Yes. And yep. that is a big reason why the receiving core ended up being so deficient is you brought in two veteran guys who were supposed to help, and they gave you nothing. They Zero. didn't even make the team. That's a big miss. Even if it's not a money miss, it's a big miss in roster construction and how the season plays out, as we saw. 888-729-9494. Let's go to Pat in Chestnut Hill. Pat, what's going on, bud? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good. Great. So, basically, we've got two questions for you. One, what's your take on Cook from Florida State? They think think he think he would drop in that range around uh, ten I don't to know. What's, Here's what's going to determine that. One, I know that there's a bunch of scouts that have talked a lot About to his off the field. Not even the off, the shoulder and the off the field stuff. So it's that combination of both of like, okay, is he really taking the risk? I th- I think that he. I don't think it. Uh, unfortunately, in some regards, I don't think either one affects his draft stock that much. Someone's going to like him enough to take him high. I still th- I think he goes in that 10 to 15 range. Yeah, but we like him. We have talked about it. We're, yeah. we're all fans of Dalvin Cook. Yeah, just seeing see him go out of the hole. I mean, he goes out with, with faster than anyone I see in the yeah, draft. He's, yeah, he's really good. And in second, I just want to think, what, what do you think it would take uh, to get prior here? A miracle. Start, start, Pat. Start praying today. Let's 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 start like let's uh let's start to oh yeah drug abuse uh, the or, rumors or something like <laughs> yeah. that. It's just like yeah oh yeah no can't resign Cleveland, that guy. Cleveland's been good to us before. So. Yeah, he, he hates you, Jackson. He said he's the worst coach of all time. <laughs> it's uh, you know he'll never play for him. It's weird that uh, do you remember Pat like they they brought him in to work out as a quarterback? Yeah, yeah. Or wide receiver, one of the other. Yeah, yeah, and then they kind of – it, it makes you wonder about all those things. Because back when that happened, we appreciate the call, Pat. We always just like, oh, well, that – you know, even even in that, it seems like a perfect offense for Kelly and whatever. And if he was coming in to try out, like, as a wide receiver, I don't know if he made the decision after he left that, but you start to wonder he just like, He made the decision man. after because he went to Oakland and That's was right. in Oakland as a – starting as a quarterback and then kind of – And he made the decision make for the decision. part of because Hugh Jackson was there. Oh, and he yeah, trusted of him. Of course, yeah. But it's just amazing on, on you know, how that's all kind of turned around from like, oh, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. I, I could see him being a wide receiver, and now we're all just like, oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, of course. Please, the answer. give him all the money. With, with He's the good, answer to our prayers. good reason, though. Like, he's it's un, it is kind of unbelievable how talented and how good – he's a he's a route runner. I mean, like, he's a good – Receiver and physically, I mean, probably one of the you know five percent of uh, in terms of athlete of receivers in the league, like top five percent. I would say he's that good an athlete. Something that Tim Tebow probably could have learned. I don't know forever ago. I know he's enjoying the <laughs> baseball stuff down there, but hey, if you really were a great athlete, Throw Pryor was he's the a, next Babe Ruth. Come on, was uh, was I would say as equal of talent, not as much decoration in Ohio State as. Anybody else that kind of yeah. came through at that time? I mean, he wasn't like he's a Tebow much better Manny athlete, yes, but... though, than yeah. Tebow. Like a much oh, better oh, athlete. Yes. Yeah. But still, I mean, if you wanted to make it in this league, that's what you do. Yeah. You do, what, you do whatever it takes. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. And I, it's, I, I'm really, 
It's nice to see that, like, you know, he's making it, and now he's going to get a huge payday. Yeah, out of that especially too. after all the stuff at Ohio State. And he's, he's had a, a rough Which was garbage, too. Go, which was a joke. I mean, that was ridiculous. And I hate Ohio State. Yeah, and that's me garbage. too. Yeah. Me too. I, the Ohio State. I can't stand them. But that was garbage. It's nice to see he's kind of come through all the issues and, and turned it around. Yeah, absolutely. So there is. So I'm still sticking with. I don't think you can convince me to, you know, like, be comfortable with the Eagles trading up, especially with what's in place. You mean trading down? <laughs> no, no. You, you said can't convince me to be comfortable with the Eagles trading up. You want them to trade oh, up. Oh, no, I'm, uh, yes, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, good. yes. I was I'm just clarifying there. I was going, I win, I got <laughs> something to say. <laughs> the, uh, the mouse in my brain is, yeah. is, is riding the wheel. It's going to get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, so it is, I, I really just look at, at a lot of that top-tier talent, even with cornerbacks, even running backs. Any of those things, like it's it's just it's just not high enough, you know. They weren't yeah. bad enough to kind of be where they need for those impact guys. And I'm not saying, and, and this is what kind of gives me a little bit of of uh, of warmth in in my belly is that Joe Douglas really does seem like the guy. You know, there's oh, still yeah. questions on just like again, it it felt very wetsy in the beginning where it's just like, oh no, this guy's real smart. He's going to be a great quarterback. He's going to live, and really weren't buying into all that. <laughs> I was like, let's let's just see where this happens, but. At least with, you know, as the senior bowl is happening, the guys that he's talking to, where he's concentrating his focus on, you know, he's at the East-West Shrine game a couple of weeks ago, really talking to a lot of lot of different corners, a lot of different pass rushers. That's a good mindset to have. Yeah, at least going into this thing. and hearing what he has to say, hearing the type of guys he looks for, talking about competitiveness, toughness, talking about wanting to build the best scouting staff in the league. That's all really positive stuff. Yeah, and we'll get more into that as well as we'll get into a little bit of senior bowl and we might have to reopen some wounds. Me and BLG are going to might throw some fisticuffs about Mr. Eric Rowe and the Patriots and all that stuff that's coming up in the Super Bowl next week right here on BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. BLG's favorite bands right here on BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gouton all hanging out until 6 o'clock. Joe Giglio. Coming in at 6 and uh, always does a fantastic job. So I'm looking forward to his show as well. Uh, we will go back to the phones as we will check out Ike in uh, Burlington. Ike, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, what man. Up, how are Mike? you? What up, Seth? How you doing, man? <laughs> Good, man. Good to hear your voice. Hey, let me start off by saying, listen, you know I'm in the loop. I talk to plenty of people. People are raving about this show on on Saturday, man. We oh, love it. I appreciate that. I thanks, buddy. Seriously, man. There, there's nothing like hearing this on a weekend day, man. I love it. Thanks, um, Mike. Listen, I got a couple different um, different scenarios to talk about the Eagles in the draft. I'm with you guys in that the talent is definitely up. There. We're we're in that fringe spot to where we could be, you know, in lukewarm water. I want to jump. I want to jump into the hot water. I do want to go up because I think that these play, there's four key playmakers that very well definitely could be gone by the time the Eagles draft. And, you know, that's Corey Davis, Mike Williams, Leonard Fournette, and Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm absolutely okay with moving up to go get one of them guys, but I don't want to use draft picks. There's three names I brought them up last week, and I, and I know they're not, you know, nothing much to brag about around the NFL, but Barwin, Kelsey, and Kendricks – Something kind of like we did last year with the Dolphins. I don't because we don't have a second next year, guys. I don't want to be giving away draft picks. And if them players aren't available by the time that we pick, 
that's the only scenario where I would be okay with moving a couple spots back and grabbing like a Tredavious White and maybe mm-hmm. getting a Cooper Cup in the second round. Oh, you may, you said his name, Mike. Uh-oh. You said his Uh-oh. name. Uh-oh. I'm not going to be infuriated. No, You're I'm just kidding. John Madden, the <laughs> Cooper Cup. <laughs> no, and, 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 and I got, I, I'm here with you. The only problem with, I think, the first two names that you have on there, they're going to be gone before, you, before, you know, free agency is going to start. Byron and Kelsey are going to be gone. Like they, they are, they are definitely going to clear cap room as I think Jimmy Kemsky and a lot of other people are reporting. It's, it's just going to jettison right away. But I like your idea on Kendricks. Don't know if that's going to be enough value at all to move up to anything. Maybe, maybe it. I mean, if you're really worried about, because in that value range, I, I don't know. Uh-huh. Maybe they make you give up a, a third and a late round at that point to move. But it's very small range to move up, especially if that other team can still get their guy there. Maybe two things real quick. I wanted to get your guys' take. I brought up it was about a month and a half ago, and I'm you know I'm not jumping on the Cooper Cup bandwagon. I have legitimately been watching this kid for a while. I brought it up to Glenn and Ray about two weeks ago when they were filling in for somebody. I forget. And Cooper Cup, I'm telling you, it, this kid, he is not that he's going to be a megastar, but he's going to be so reliable. The kid runs routes. His yards after the catch are ridiculous. One and I, you know, was- and and I'm I'm with that. I can we appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you so much for the kind words as well. And he can catch. He can catch. That's great. And there are he's a great route runner. I'm not taking anything away from. He's got okay speed. You hate him, John. I, I think he no. It, it's just gone too far. I I saw guys down <laughs> there this week saying it's the same thing with like the Paul Turner movement. That's what's happening with Cooper Cup. One, everybody knows his name. And two, like he's you know blowing scouts away down at the Senior Bowl, and he is, and he's he's hyping that. I I, I get it, and it's that's great for him. But uh, you know you're you're talking about it because there was a stat that keeps getting thrown out. It's like oh he's the fastest kid down there. He's running at twenty miles an hour. Uh, it's clocked at twenty point eight miles an hour or whatever, and that's the fastest skill position that's there. There's a difference between speed and quickness. He doesn't have the quickness. He doesn't have that like. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, shimmy, yay. Well, and especially going down when the- you see Zay Jones on the same field, and you're like, all right, and, that's quickness. And even Ryan Switzer. Like, that is – Ryan Switzer, to me, is a better route runner, way quicker, can shake guys like crazy, and he got thrown to by one of the worst quarterbacks in college football that is somehow getting top 10 hype in Trubisky, you know? And you're just kind of like, good Lord, how is, how is this <laughs> happening? Those two guys, Zay Jones and Ryan Switzer, are the names that you need to know because even if you get Ryan Switzer – Third, fourth, fifth round, wherever that is, he he does so many different things. Not only is your second slot receiver, which Jordan Matthews is definitely not going to be there long term. I think we've established that already, or at least feel that way. Secondly, he fills Darren Sproles' spot too. Punt returner, kick returner, all that stuff. Cooper Cup can't do that. Cooper yeah. Cup is going to be a nice wide receiver that just is going to be twenty four. Again, I can't stress that enough. It's going to be twenty four before before he plays an NFL snap, which always makes you worried. I, I, I'm not on that bandwagon. You, you know what Cooper Cup has that those other two wide receivers don't uh-huh. have? You, you know what I'm going to say. I know exactly. Uh, Carson Wentz yeah. t-shirt, baby. <laughs> Does he? They love a, each other. He wears the AO one the on AO, his jersey. The, the yeah. one that Carson Wentz has. Yeah. Yep. Oh boy. Well, you know, I, I'm not. I, I went, I'm not against him. I'm just saying, like, let's, he hates him. Let's I, I think, slow look, down. I think, I think what you're saying is fair because I, I actually do like Cup a bit for for where we originally thought he would go. I think. How third he's round, played. right? Yeah, how he's played this week. It, it, look, I like him in the third round, not in the second. I know that sounds yeah. Somewhat, I, I, you know, I like him there too. Of, I, yeah, I, you know, I I would be fine with uh, him in the third round. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Christian and Kajahaka. Christian, you're on BGN Radio. What's going on, pal? 
Hey, guys, what's going on? It's good to hear you on the radio. Thanks, man. Um, I had a question about, you know, I guess one of the Eagles' major needs that they potentially address in free agency is getting, like, a, a speedster wide receiver, right? A lot of people are talking about Deshaun Jackson possibly coming back. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about Cordero Patterson? Yeah, I'm pretty sure a, he's going into free agency. You know, he name, Christian. I've got a lot of different marks on my sheet, and he's a, a question mark because I'm like, I could see, yeah, some some interesting thing. Just because I think more or less with Dave Fipp and what he could do special teams yeah. wise would be really fun. They're, again, they're going to need to fill that role at some point. I don't know if he if he's fixable at wide receiver. Yeah. I really don't. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be ever that number one deep target type of situation. But, but we've seen flashes. I yeah, mean, flashes. He's there. shown flashes that no one on this team skill wise showed last year. So very I low think, bar. Yeah, very true. True. Yeah. But in I terms think- of athleticism and speed, he's a guy you could maybe bring in. Josh Huff, he's irreplaceable, something. probably exactly. higher end Josh. That's a good yeah. call. That's a good call. He can replace some, you know, the need that with uh, as a pawn returner, kick returner. He's also younger than Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was something weird going on with him and like working up there in Minnesota where like he just wasn't getting played. Like North Turner didn't utilize him and, it's a good and then when North Turner was gone he started getting usage again and being fairly productive. It was Something weird because he always came out as a guy with a lot of talent that was just seemed very underutilized in me. It might be a a nice thing to look into. Yeah, he was a first round pick, wasn't? Yeah, he? absolutely. Yeah, he definitely was. And yeah, Christian, we appreciate the call, buddy. Thanks for the kind words too. And of course, uh, with that, you like never trust North Turner on anything. Are you kidding me? I, know. I think we've established that. Like, don't trust what North Turner does offensively. Never listen to Pat Shermer. But yeah. somehow, some way. That continues to happen. I'm Pat seeing Shermer, the new offensive <laughs> coordinator for the Minnesota <laughs> yeah, Vikings. That's funny true. enough, I'm seeing that our good friend Turtle. Uh, but I, I'm I, I he's, he's he's ripping me because I said that I'm comparing the two to Paul Turner. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the hype of it. Yeah, the is, hype. Is not there. Paul Turner. Yeah. yeah, he's way more talented than Paul Turner. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even trying to make that argument. How dare I, you yeah, be smirking, Paul Look, Turner? How? Yeah, yeah. Get the uh, get the gold jacket back. Uh, I, I just think that there it's it's silly season. We're getting into silly season. That's where that's where it is. Here's what pissed me off. It's not. It is nothing to do with. With Cup, I think he's good. I think he's going to be a, a great wide receiver. I think he's going to fill a need for somebody in the NFL and have a good career. The fact that somebody tweeted out, and I think some of the guys that are really in control of the Senior Bowl said, we haven't seen a player this dominant since Aaron Donald came down here. Oh, That's why I'm just like, get, get, cut, come on now. Stop it. You know, I mean, I understand. I'm, I'm excited by white wide receivers, too, that can play. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But don't don't try and be like, oh, now he's the next best thing. Now he's number three on my board. Like, calm, let's calm down here a little bit. <laughs> Take right. it easy. You, you easy, had that two easy. Ba- you had Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott there last year at the Senior Bowl. All right, come on. Let's, yeah, yeah let's exactly. Let's a little bit. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. And there there were guys last year in the Senior Bowl that probably trump a lot of the things that are that are happening here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Senior Bowl has been pretty interesting just based on, you know, some of the things we're seeing. All, all of the guys that you heard about, in practice, are playing the exact same way that they're playing in this game. Yeah, so that that, that that hasn't happened a lot. And I gotta say, the Villanova stud that is that is starting to turn those heads. Ooh, and and yeah, let's see if I can get this right because I'm probably gonna screw the pooch on this one. But Tewano Passaneo. That, that was amazing. A, so pretty, it's a pretty silent close. K. It's a silent K. <laughs> yeah, it is a silent K. I like that. But not just Villanova. How about Temple showing up, too? I mean, two of the better draft risers have been Temple guys, too, and Hassan Reddick and Deion Dawkins, both having really strong weeks there. I mean, Hassan Reddick, when Phil Savage came on the Midday Show this week, he talked about Reddick as one of the guys who helped himself the most there. Standing him up, he had never played an outside linebacker like that. He apparently immediately just, just jived with it. So. Yeah. 
So there's some some local, local flavor guys down there. there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's t- he's turned a lot of heads, and I know that there's a lot of guys that respect uh, on the draft Twitter as much as we go back and forth with the with the Wentz stuff. And you know, there's I, my good friend Emery Hunt, by the way, who is who I was going back and forth before he went down to the Senior Bowl, said that. Uh, PJ, what's his name from Temple is is the best quarterback in Philadelphia. So at, at some point during this offseason, PJ Walker. Oh, PJ Walker. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're gonna put the we're gonna put the coals down and maybe have a little have a little fight on that. <laughs> Should be good, uh, but stuff like that. So regardless of that, I, you know, and with this kid, shoutouts to uh, Jerry the Asman who's been tweeting this forever about this Villanova kid. And yes, everybody looked at his physique because what he's something like six seven. He's, he's six seven. And, that is correct. Almost and and skinny and built and just like ready to rock and roll. And he's a DN. You're just thinking, oh god, pass rushers. This was a guy that I thought like, oh yeah, sure. In the same way that you know Alex McAllister could maybe develop in. The, they're two different physique sizes, but you know this guy might might take uh, David uh, Irving a, a, a year is the name that I think of. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people <laughs> yeah. started to, and, and every it went from like, oh yeah, late round guy, and now the Senior Bowl has flipped everybody, and it's gone like, this dude's going no later than the second round, because of his physique, because of all that. That's the guy that it, it, again has launched up here the most, and I know we we get in those discussions. That's where I, <laughs> I, I'm I'm even okay when we're talking about a lot of this stuff of of jumping up and we're thinking offensive skill set. If the number one pass rusher is on the board. And you have a chance to go get him, do it. Well, Miles Garrett going to be the number one. Well, yeah, that's not probably happen. not have a chance to get him. Right. But, I mean, second best pass rusher. Well, I think Allen. I mean, this—that's the thing—is—is is there actually are a fair amount of of pass rushers early in this draft, more so than at least in recent years. Um, but yeah, dude, look, I think it, we. How many times have we talked about the fact that you know you can make up for so many deficiencies on the back end of your defense? having a pass rush and yes. it's something that we thought we talked about the defensive line as as the strength of this team heading into the season and obviously didn't you know bear out that way and and a guy like obviously Brandon Graham having a nice year but they need pass rushers in the worst way it's not just the secondary that is deficient they really need pass rushers as well BLG yeah because Jim Schwartz likes to you know only send four and with in that same vein, he also likes to rotate guys, and we've seen him rotate guys heavily. So it's a situation it could be a key point in the game, and you have Bo Allen and Marcus Smith in there, and yeah. those guys are playing. And, and even though you have Vinnie Curry and you paid him, they still like to slide him in at defensive tackle on some of those obvious pass situations, third down, things like that. So you're still having in last year, you know, Connor Barwin, Vinnie Curry, and Brandon Graham. So there's playing time for these guys. You can get this guy you draft in, you can put him right away, and he's going to get some playing time. And just as a philosophical thing, if you can get a good pass rusher, I think you always take him, no matter yeah, what, oh, yeah. where you're at as a team, because there there's so few and far between to come to the draft. Legitimate great pass rushers. I think you just if he's there, you take him, whoever it is. Absolutely, and I think there there becomes a line there. Like I, I know we've heard a guy's name that's been been talked about a lot. It's Derek Barnett, and I don't see it. I I I really don't. I the you know t- Tennessee. He was he was always there. He was. He saw a lot of guys that were, uh, or a lot of teams that, that schemed against him. It was like to, to built to run away from him, and he looks really good in the run. And he there's just some about him that I, I I'm not I'm missing, and that's the problem. With, the, the same problem with you have with corners and pass rushers, wide receivers, whatever it is. Uh, it, it you never really know. Yeah, you never really know. So and and it, and it's really hard. So if the only thing that concerns me, even though I I, I would be I, I'm okay with with them doing it, and if that because I look at pass rusher the same way as corner and running back right now. I think they're all in this equal playing field, and I I don't think that 
you, I would complain about one over the other at this point. I agree. Uh, but it also makes me nervous, too, because you can really miss on pass rushers yeah. badly, badly, yeah. badly, badly. And there's and, and, and it, it takes just as long for those guys to come in there, too. So and, and it goes back to, again, I'm, I'm worried that the Eagles are going to be more on the fringe player part of it and go with that. Like, I, you know, with Sidney Jones, with a lot of those guys that are there, that's great. I, I think that's okay. It's just, I don't know, right after that's where that wind tunnel is, and I expect them to hopefully kind of get into and do that. And, uh, you know, corner's a big need, and maybe it wouldn't have been as big a need if Eric Rowe was still here. And we'll get into the debate once again on was that trade really worth it? Was it really here? And are we overreacting once again? Uh-oh. to just another cornerback going back from the Eagles making one play and then everybody freaks out. It's BGN Radio, John Barcher, James Elson, Brandon Lee Gowden, all hanging out till 6 o'clock right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. The number one overall draft pick by the Sixers, Ben Simmons, will make his NBA debut in days. You heard it here first. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yeah, speaking of the Sixers, uh, how about Harden getting on the train too? Yeah, most skilled big man in the league. Yo, oh, yeah. he's impressing everybody. Like, it's not MB- just it's, MVP saying that. It is not just Philadelphia that's in love with Joel Embiid. It took what a matter of mere months for everybody to, to turn around from this kid's never going to play again to he oh. is the best thing ever. But he didn't make the All Star game. They put some guy named Bill Paul. Sap over. Yeah, Bill Paul Sap, he plays for the Utah Ball. Jazz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going through there. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, yeah, I'll never be able to figure that out. If everybody around there, well, you know, I just if, if eight more players just vote, just just be there. It's just silly. It's it's the whole aristocracy of the old school, and the rookies can't get in, and oh, he doesn't play enough minutes, and it's an exhibition game that's supposed to be fun. Why have yes. why have the most fun guy in the league in? What, what sense does that make? But, uh, yeah, I saw the theory going around. We'll get to, into the ego stuff. I can't wait to get back into the Eric Rowe debate. But sp- sticking with that, just for a moment, is yeah, I, I really think there's an opportunity for Joel Embiid to really network at the All-Star game. Yeah. Just just, just keep, you know, glad-handing, whatever it is. Find that next brief. Talk to Jimmy Butler. I know that there's there's a lot of upset things Strife happening in there. <laughs> Uh, Dumpster going fire through. is actually the correct yeah, yeah. term for that. Uh, regardless, uh, the pick and roll game will be fantastic. And, you know, Ben Simmons is going to be here at the, the end of February. I think we can all just, you know, uh, wait wait on to that. What I can't wait on to any longer, BLG, Uh-oh. is is this this thing that yeah, I think I understand where you're coming from. We, we had this debate on the podcast. I just want to make sure that, that I'm reading you here correctly. You're more upset about when people react to a game in which Eric Rowe is playing that hasn't played that great, that makes one garbage interception, and then people go, see, I told you so. This is right. this was always oh, the was greatest thing. We should have kept him. It was so obvious. It wasn't so obvious. If Eric Rowe was so great, why couldn't he be out, beat out my boy, Leotis McKelvin, <laughs> and Nolan Carroll in training camp? He had every chance to do that. They gave him a chance to do that. He didn't stand out. It wasn't like he was playing so well that, like, oh, the Eagles have to keep this guy. Now, I'm not saying they had to be in a rush to trade him i'm just saying it's not like oh this guy was so great and it was so obvious and the eagles are so stupid that's the kind of reaction that just like irks me because that's just not how 
It was at the time of the trade. He I, still play, Oh, go ahead, yeah, James. Sorry. I, I think it was stupid. I'm sorry. I'm so very strongly on John's That's side. That's fine. I'm just saying, like, I, look, it, it wasn't as right, obvious. But it, but it was not. Like, sure. All right. In his second season, when he's still developing, he's not as good as a guy who's been in the league sure. for five years or six years. That's fine. Sure. The point is, they, they didn't give the kid a chance to develop. They That's a fair in, argument. You know, analyzed him within. Uh, whatever preseason camp, whatever the stuff was before they made the trade, a couple spring tra- uh, uh, preseason games, and they're like, "All right, this guy's not good enough as a second-year player who, when he did play as a rookie, at least showed something on the field." I, I just, I don't get it. It felt like a, a chips guy, get him out of here type of thing. That's exactly what it was. I know. Sorry, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't completely agree. I don't completely agree with that. I think that might be a factor. I think you know Jim Schwartz is the one who really drove that trade. I do think so. I don't. So why is Jim Schwartz hate Chips guy? I don't think that's I don't think that's like a how. No, I think it was. I think it goes. Oh, great! You don't like him? Okay, cool. But yes. this this right. allows me to go. And in the fact that I think when he was here with Angelo and talking, did he in fact use the quotes? Oh, we can get one over on Bill Belichick. Wasn't that a quote that I, I saw? I think, I think the context it, is. The, you know, he was saying we can't get. Right. I think he was I saying I'm not. Yeah, he was right. saying when Belichick called about Roe, his initial instinct was, "Oh, we're oh, not no. going to get one over on Bill." Who but you okay. still made the trade. Yeah. Yes, All right. Yes. Your initial instinct. Why not follow the initial instinct and say, "Oh, Bill's into this guy. Maybe we're missing something, or at least the potential there." Like, I. But just, what was the point of keeping him from the Eagles' perspective? If because you, they don't have a cornerback now, I'm, and we're talking about getting I'm two saying, corners. I'm saying, especially ones to grow. I'm saying from the. Eagles perspective, if they figure he's all the way at the bottom of the depth chart and they're not going to get value for him and the coach doesn't believe in him in the long term, you have to get value, what value you can now. It's not an awesome trade. I'm just saying like they, it was going to be a bad trade, I think, at any point or not a great trade. But this was like the least worst trade they could have done. Uh, the problem is, is in, in that explanation when Howie and, and Joe Douglas were on with Angelo and Howie says that, you know, incoherent answer and goes to correct it and nine-year-old thing. I won't even get into that. That bothers me because he's either got the weirdest nine-year-old on the planet who's watching his press conferences and analyzing him, or it was a bad joke to get into what he wanted to say. Either way, whatever. The bigger issue with me and and that discussion was that how he said, we knew that we would not re-sign him in three years. We knew that. Yeah, that's weird. Like, that's absurd is what it is. And that's what bothered me about the explanation there was we looked three years into the future with a kid who has played you know, what, six games in the NFL and looked all right in those games that in three years we're not going to want him? It sounded asinine to me. It was the same explanation for why they traded for Carson Wentz or traded up for Carson Wentz, too. It was like, oh, yeah, we looked at three years in the future of the quarterbacks that are going to be there, and we determined that Carson Wentz was the best one. You know, you can read in the future what a guy who's not even starting at his college position is going to be. Yeah, like I was just like, I'm blown away by this guy and his explanations. That's what throws me off with with all of these weird decisions. And to your point about like the nine year old, and it, it touched on this earlier in this week. But the fan fiction with Howie, does everybody remember when the Bradford thing went down? And he had that long interview on ESPN of just like, there I stood. And I stared into Van Gogh's eyes, and I <laughs> thought, I'm going to change the lives of many people today. Of millions of people <laughs> that this will affect. I'm going to, yeah, it's two. You're, you're two people's <laughs> lives. That's it. That is all your, your coach and the guy that you're training. That's it. You knew that you were getting, Carson Wentz was gonna already here, dumbass. So, like, calm yeah. down. Uh, I, yeah, so those are all, all weird explanations. It just leads me to, like, it, it is just a way of saying I didn't like him and Jim Schwartz told me he wouldn't work in this defense and whatever. 
We don't know if it's a bad trade yet or not. We don't know because the way that you fix it is honestly get get somebody better than Eric Rowe, which is, doesn't seem like it's a, an impossible task here. But at the same time, is it just was was it worth just that fourth round pick, or is this a Patrick Chung situation where he only plays well for the Patriots? We've seen that a lot too. I, I you know I don't know. I, I just think it was it was it was still like in a matter of weeks you determined yes. that and it what, wasn't and, worth it, and that you couldn't develop him. Like your instinct is we can't make this guy better. Like even if he's not a perfect fit for what Jim Schwartz is trying to do, he was a. a a well-regarded second-round pick in the draft last year. Not a DGB-type thing where, you know, they're off the field stuff, this or that. Like, it's a kid who was well-regarded, and you just say, oh, we can't develop him. We're done. Take him, Bill. Belichick. <laughs> 888-729-9494. Uh, let's go to AJ out there. AJ, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, I, th- I think it's a lot of the system. I don't think Eric Rowe is that big of a piece. I think, I mean... They had Darrell Revis, and then Darrell Revis left, left, and then Malcolm Butler is suddenly talked to the top-tier quarterback in the league. I, I think it's a lot to do with the system that, that Bill Belichick runs. I completely agree, AJ. You look at the, some of these guys up there. You look at Deion Lewis, who got cut by two teams after the Eagles traded him. Uh, they traded him to the Browns. Browns cut him. Holtz well, cut him. Goes to New England. He's great. Sure, Chris Hogan. Sure, Chris Hogan's sure. playing lacrosse for Mammoth, and he's not even a wide receiver. Right. Playing defensive back, Obviously. moves to wide receiver. Sure. Now he's like he like holds a record now for Patriots right. in terms of like longest receptions. <laughs> the Bill Belichick factor here is huge. Of course, but that's not. We're not even talking about how Roe has looked in New England. I'm talking about but that's the what my complaint of, is. Right, also, talk- also, also pretty good in six, <laughs> six game stretch. I might want to. I'm just saying the basis of the trade itself was flawed. The sure. idea to get rid of this kid without giving him a chance to develop was flawed. That that's my bigger issue. Yeah, it was definitely flawed, and I think you're right that when it was Chip Sky, so like how he yes. might have been hurt. Like he might have got out of there a little bit too early, but I think the reason you're seeing so much success is, or you're seeing the occasional good play, is because of Bill Belichick. Sure. I don't think, I don't think he's that great. So what? So corner. what? And, and to AJ, to that point, what was the what was the six game stretch from the year previous that yeah. he had success there? Then what? What does that yeah, atone to? He looked yeah, good. Look at, well, I, I remember watching Thanksgiving and watching him get. Toasted after his first start against Calvin Johnson. And if you go back and actually watch that game, Dave, appreciate the call, AJ. He was Thanks, actually buddy. There, like it was one of those things where with yeah, a little, it was more a tough t- spot. It, he was thrown Calvin, in the middle of the game. Carroll got hurt. He was there with him, but and Calvin Johnson did Calvin and had Johnson success things. every time after. That. But he came in this off season, and I was there every single practice, every single training camp and mini camp, and he just didn't come in. To the, he didn't look like a player who came in from the the rookie year and showed that promise. And I was very high on him at what he did at the end of his rookie year and came into year two and you're like wow this is a we see we we saw he didn't make that jump and yes did they give up on him too soon maybe and Howie I think kind of even admitted that and I think there's an argument for that I'm just saying I just don't like the perception that it was like so obvious that you should have kept him and he was just so great because he wasn't and he couldn't beat out no one Carroll he couldn't beat out no one Carroll and Leotis McKelvin yes he did yes he did I was there at practice he got time with the ones he didn't play well when he had the chance and you're telling 
your a long-term enough chance. You're saying that this sure. is based on two weeks of practice. It's I, not I, two weeks of practice. It's the um, whole offseason. He had a chance to impress, and he didn't. Now, I'm not saying they should have cut him or traded him. That's not my argument. I'm just saying it wasn't so obvious they should have kept him. It wasn't like, oh, how could they have done this? It was so obvious he should have stayed. It was completely stayed. obvious no, to the rest of the season. No, it was not obvious. What are you talking about? McKelvin couldn't cover anybody. Then why couldn't, Carol couldn't cover anybody? Why couldn't Eric Rowe beat out those guys because in the depth chart then? They were wrong. They were wrong. He had the chance and he couldn't him. beat them out, but he could have just came in. But he, he was buried on just, the depth chart, but, uh, he, and he would have gotten another opportunity through there, through injuries, through everything, through the depth that you we need. We know that this. now. We don't know that if you keep him, and if but you keep him, point, his value that is goes the down. Point that James is but that's the risk because if you keep him and he doesn't play, it's his value goes down, and then you have a player that the coaches don't believe in. So then, what are you going to do? Then you're going to trade him for like a seventh round pick, and then you guys are going to complain that they didn't get good value for him. It's a risk. Yeah, they well, took that, a but risk. that's what I'm saying. The difference between, a, yeah, sure, great, a great, a fourth rounder versus a seventh rounder would be like. It could be a third rounder if he's so good as you, know, <laughs> you think he is. Well, it could, it could be too. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, I, the argument is, is not Eric Rowe is great and he's going to be the superstar corner. It's just no one literally give him a chance to even remotely deal with it because this is the problem that I have with everything. And it happens not only with the Eagles, it happens in the NFL all the time. They don't take the, they pl- they want guys that can do it. That's it. If you can't do a certain thing in their certain scheme, that's it. I I, I don't want to bother with it. So all the bull crap and all the shoveling that Jim Schwartz and all that does about oh I'm schemeless. I don't even do I I I do things how I want to do no based on like my that. talent. No, it's crap. But there's it's one boring. guy who is close to it, and it's Bill Belichick, and, and that's the, the reason that these teams. <laughs> but why? Like the point is, why not? Try Tell me what he does well. It's his emu- philosophy. Emulate that yeah. exactly. Say, because what? he's the best coach in football right. of all time. I get it's that. so I, much easier I, said I, than done. I, no, I agree with you, Good. but I'm, I'm with you. But still, <laughs> why not look at Bill Belichick and say, all right, let's try and adapt that philosophy. Why not try and say, whatever players we bring in here, we are going to take what they do well, take their skill sets, and 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 use those things and try and play into those yeah, things. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, though. If you're even with the development with that, like I know the, the Eric Rode safety thing has gone on forever. You're telling me... You couldn't wait to see if he'd be better than Jalen Watkins, who you brought back this year. Yep. It, it's it's crazy to me. Let's go to Matt real quick. Matt, what's going on, buddy? You're on BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hey, what's going on, guys? Good, uh, man. I just wanted a quick question about the whole Rose situation. Um, I mean, obviously, we've moved on. we got McKelvin in here now, who obviously isn't the answer. And, you know, I think we have to look to free agency. I, I, I've been seeing this guy, A.J. Boyer, in Houston. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Oh, man. I, I, one, I mean, he's had a fantastic year. There is... There is something in the back of my mind or just like, oh, contract year, it's always kind of a sticky situation because you haven't seen this type of performance from him until this year. I, I think it would be a great option. I really don't think that Houston's going to let him go. Yeah, and I think he's going to get paid. Yeah, a, a big a big amount of money, yes. I think you're still, you're still looking at, you know, your Kirkpatrick, your Gilmore type but, of but fill in there. If they're if they're, if he is at, there at the right price, I, I do like oh, AJ yeah. Boy, I sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to see what your thoughts on Boyer was. I mean, I haven't seen any two other big names out there, but I think we definitely need to hit free agency or something. Yeah, and we appreciate the call, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for the question too. Yeah, I mean, they they definitely need to to find a way to kind of. That's what I'm saying. Wide receiver and corner, it needs to be in there uh, for sure. Let's go to Brian in uh, Delaware. Brian, you're on ninety four hey, WIP. Hey guys, hey man, great conversation from you guys. Hey, listen, but this is not a Harry Roseman. I know we like the hate on Harry Roseman. The fact that Eric Rose on the team, you need to interview Jim Schwartz and Corey Unlin. 
Okay. Oh yeah, the no, I, absolutely. Because if they wanted Eric Rowe, he would be on the team. I mean, it's not like Howie Roseman is, is sort of assessing the talent and going to them and saying, oh, we're going to get rid of this guy. And, I, and I'm telling you, we got a lot of love on Schwartz after that Pittsburgh Steelers game. But, you know, they fired Greg Lewis. How many of these defensive backs have actually gotten better over the season? Exactly, so Brian. That's a, exactly, Brian. I'm, I'm telling you, next year, we better really scrutinize these position coaches. I would have I'm with you. Talent. Brian, do, but, you, do you in fact remember – that like you like in 2014, the cornerback situation was so atrocious, yeah, and you just like, oh god. And then they brought in, you know, then Maxwell came in, whatever. And it wasn't the greatest thing ever, and you had Nolan Carroll on the other side, but it was a lot better than what was there previously. And everybody kissed Corey Edlund's ass. Yeah, it was just like, exactly. oh look at the look at the job that he's done. It's like no, it's the new talent he that he brought in. Bradley Fletcher and Kerry Williams out there. That's <laughs> yes, it. Yes, yeah. So that's a big and and you're right, Brian. I I don't know why there's not as much scrutiny. On Unland and those guys, the same way as you're throwing a first year into the yeah. NFL coaching Greg Lewis, who well, got got nothing to work with. Exactly right, because you mentioned the, the past season with the defensive backs, which we gave up the most big plays of any defensive back. We're constantly giving up plays, these X plays, a 20 yard passes or more. Same problem, you know. And again, I like our safeties. I think our safeties are okay. But our cornerbacks have not gotten better. They don't position themselves well. They don't play the ball in the air. Uh, so, I mean, they've they got to upgrade there. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. Brian. Great call. And that's where it's just like it is. And it's not even that. It's it, it's there, there, There's no ball hawkiness to any of these no. guys. You know, there's it, the, the most that you have is, is from your two safeties. Oh, but you by know, far. like <laughs> those guys have more ball instincts than anybody that's been through. Even the last five years, you're just looking at this like, God, oh, man. It's been and, and it's progressively. There hasn't been a ball since Asante. How ridiculous <laughs> is that? What's he doing these days, by the way? That's my point. Like we rap albums. Like, yeah, but you know what? That's the point. And he wasn't the greatest thing since sliced bread. But the point is, you're right, John. We haven't coached cornerbacks well here. We have not had these guys. I mean, just going back to the Fletcher Curry Williams thing. I mean, if I see a cornerback with his back to the ball. Every single play, you know, it's like over and over and over and over again. Like, that's coaching, man. And we still see that stuff. We still see Brian is right. The wrong technique, the wrong approach to reading the ball in the air. Those are problems that have to fall on Corey Umland. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where in the past three years, it's just been Band-Aid after Band-Aid after Band-Aid. It's like, well, we'll take care of it in free agency. We'll take care of this in free agency. And we'll take care of this in free agency. And that's what's happened here. That's why there's that's why there's good but getting older. That's why there's great but short window. And that's why you have old and you have mediocre and then you have terrible and bad. Yep. And it's all surrounding this thing. So that's why this year is important too. Yes, you're gonna have to band-aid and plug holes. You're gonna have to do that every year in free agency. But at the same time, knock it off with this crap of like ripping guys back and forth, trusting so much in your defensive coaches that you would move on from that. If they can't develop those guys, they're the problem. Yes. They're the problem. Please. Let's go to Tom. Tom, what's going on, buddy? You're on uh, BGN Radio. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. You know, uh, I work at Napa Auto Parts. I always listen to you guys in the shop. And uh, I just wanted to say that everyone always talks about get a receiver this year in the draft, get a corner. I think one of the main things we probably need is alignment. You know, with Jason Peters getting older, you know, we're going to need someone to take take over, you know. Yeah, and there's a couple of good guys in this draft. Even I would say uh, later on where there's there's some pretty different uh, different guys you can develop into a tackle and who knows what kind of uh, situation Big V is going to be in 
uh, next year. But yeah, and that's again, it's another. We'll call that the sneaky need. I think they'll be okay going into the season. I think they've got plenty of depth, and obviously with 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 Kelsey leaving, there's probably going to be some mix up in in there going in there as well. But yeah, they they definitely need a right tackle for the future. And one of the few units we actually saw good coaching this year. I saw that unit improve over the course of the every season. single year. Yeah, that's, you know that's, what? Jeff Stoutling is a good, good position coach. D- d- uh, yeah, and that's where you can. T- <laughs> Dave Fipp, good at specialties. Yes. There are there are pointable things, even though it's very hard to do so. We appreciate the call there, but yeah, it, it's it's an interesting off season, and because we don't know where the Eagles are exactly going to go, there's only a few things that we can say. Okay, they're gearing up to make a move. Maybe that's just to free up money for Benny Logan. Maybe that's what they're trying to do and keep those core players there and do a lot of that stuff. Maybe they're going to make a splash. That's where I think they're heading to. But it's a fun offseason because no one really knows what's going to happen. It's PGN Radio, John Barcher, James Elton, Brandon Lee Gowden, all right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I don't want to make this the uh, the Eric Rowe hour or anything like that. I just sure do. I do. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple of things I, I meant to mention. It's PGN Radio, John Barcher, James Elton, Brandon Lee Gowden here with you just for another uh, 15 minutes or so. I, I will say this, that why is it that you look at a guy like Eric Rowe and and Brandon Boykin. Two summers ago, Brandon Boykin was the number one prize possession, and, and how dare you? And oh my gosh! And like suddenly, this is and basically for the same value, I might add, it was a fourth round pick that could have turned into a third, and it's the same situation here for a slot corner, a slot guy who kept you know just dwindling down percentage wise, and then. Who knows whatever happens, and I'm sure the ghost of Al Boykin or 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 Brandon Boykin's wife Tess, who are I'm sure they're very nice people, but suddenly pop up in Reddit threads and on Twitter, and they'll find you if you mention. <laughs> they're gonna call into the show. How dare you that uh, Brandon Boykin? You mentioned uh, uh, let's w- let's go to Al in uh, <laughs> in Georgia. Let me tell you, he does not have a degenerative hip condition. I tell you this, uh, it's just the NFL has it wrong, and Brandon Boykin's great. And, and it's nothing against Boykin. I'm not. I'm not. Again, I'm not trying to disparage what he did here. I thought, you know, we we all think of that Dallas game. We all think of that 2013 yeah. season where I it was think like we great. Have fond memories of him. Sure, of course. And there was there was a time where why didn't you put this guy on the outside and yelling about it and just like well, yeah, and then you kind of found out why. You know, he just just wasn't to that thing. So people were dying over Brandon Boykin. So if you're like, hey, let the Eric thing, Eric Rowe thing go, but it, it's just kind of a another example of of all of this stuff where it's just like, don't don't tell me that to let go of the Eric Rowe thing when you were screaming about seven or eight months yeah. about how oh Chip Kelly and this is terrible and this is all about culture and it was happening around a weird time too. I understand that there was you know the the all the racial tension and things like that were that were surrounding uh, Chip Kelly and a lot of that, but still like what why is there so much more emphasis on Oh my God! Well, he was an eagle for a little longer and proved some things, and and that's why I couldn't let Brandon Boykin go. That's the difference uh, uh, there. Yeah, I think that's it, which is ridiculous. That that is the reason, especially with Roe. You would think at least when they let Roe go, in theory, his upside was higher than when they let Boykin go. In theory, again. In so, theory. So I, I'm with you, John. Look, it, it, I said the day the Eric Roe trade happened, I didn't like it. I said it weeks after, and I'm still saying it now. I. I I don't think it was a good move. And look, we'll find out. Maybe he ends up not being good with Bill Belichick. But I think it's far more likely that in in five years or whatever, we look back and be like, wow, 
that was a mistake. Yeah, and and I'm sure it'll come up. We're gonna you know talk about it next week. <laughs> the Super Bowl. He's gonna be in it. Him and True Eagle Patrick Chung, and you know there'll be another debate and Ruble freak out, but, and it'll be great. But here's BLG. Here's how I know it was a bad trade. They announced the Sam Bradford thing, and then they just stuck this one in the trash compactor, like right after that. It's like, hey, <laughs> no, pay attention to Sam Bradford. Eric Crow is going to trade it for a fourth round pick. Don't pay attention to that. That's nothing now. You have your quarterback, and Sam Bradford's not here. And we got Jalen Mills. He's going to be a star. Yeah, Don't gonna worry. Jalen Mills is going to be great. Fingerwag is, is fantastic. He's going to be the third best corner on this football team in two years. <laughs> Let's go to Mike uh, real quick. Mike, what's going on, buddy? Hey, uh, just irritates the heck out of me that I see Eric Rowe playing for the Patriots. Me too. Who's going, to, who's going to get a Super Bowl ring, but he wasn't good enough to play for the Eagles. Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of the ongoing debate. Preach. Exactly. Yep. And what I don't understand is, what I think the problem is, it's not Eric Rowe because he had the talent. I think it's the fact that they didn't know how to coach him. And that's and what that, teach him how to play. Yep, and that's, that's what Brian, the previous caller, was, was saying there too. I think it's I think it's a lot of, and we have to, I do agree to some point that he does go off the edge a lot of the time. Like, I think Eagles Twitter and everybody else oh, just yeah. kind of blows up. He it's picks just, off Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's like a pick machine. And it's like, oh, my gosh, Eric Rowe <laughs> picked off Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's amazing. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and, and that's pretty amazing. That gets lost in it, Mike. But that's, 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 the, that's the issue here is like, where is it at what point in time are there going to be the right guys in the right spot and Jim Schwartz and everybody else can develop them? I absolutely agree. So we need defensive coaches and we need the people that can actually, I mean, recognize talent and, t- and coach talent. Yeah. That's, a- what, that's what bothers me. Absolutely, Mike. We appreciate the call, buddy. And that's where it's I, – I, and I don't think they're going to cut corners on any of this stuff. I know we touched on it earlier, but – Well, they didn't cut a corner. They traded him. Oh! <laughs> oh! Hey, uh, I, I think that <laughs> – with the and you know the other thing we didn't really touch on the Rick Mueller thing, but that yeah. doesn't really matter nah, anyway. It's a band aid to begin with. Yeah, yeah. So, Ryan Grigson, <laughs> stop. Don't even joke about that. Don't even joke. Uh, but Douglas, I think you know. I think it's fair to say, and and we played uh, before the show. We were listening to the Phil Savage cut on Joe Douglas, and he brought up two separate times that Douglas was trained the right way. He said he knows that you can't cut corners in personnel in the NFL like that exact. Not cut corners, you know what I mean? Trade them. <laughs> uh, but he said that, that exact quote. So, John, I, I think you're dead on. I think, look, if the big the big worry is that how he's not going to listen to Joe Douglas or Weidel or the staff, but in terms of how those guys go about their business, I think we can feel pretty confident that, that they're going to be pretty good at it. Yeah, and as much as Wheeler would like to, and it's the same thing with uh, the guys we like in in, in this in this draft, and it, this happens every year, too, we're just like, oh, I can't believe they didn't go with guy X over guy Y. And I think that's going to be, again, this type of draft in the later rounds, especially th- third, you know, day three, three, four, five. Like, how could they pass on such and such? Because I, I here's my thing is Joe Douglas is really good at evaluating that talent. But where where do they they mix in and how does Joe find those players or how, to, how, how does Howie find those players that – are teachable to the system or that are teachable. Yeah. That, like you have to be so specific coachable. on that and yeah. coachable. You need guys who, and look again, talked a lot about toughness and competitiveness and all that, which I am all for. I want guys like that, but you're right, John. I think the bigger thing is finding guys who, uh, you know, if Eric Rowe wasn't coachable or whatever, you know, find guys who you're not going to trade away because you couldn't develop them. You need guys who you feel are going to not just fit what you're trying to do, but also BLG guys who you feel you'll be able to make better. One of the interesting things I think with this front office dynamic is it goes back to the earlier point where we started the show with uh, Jeffrey Lurie 
blocking the interview with Flip. Mm-hmm. When you talk about Joe Douglas and trusting his uh, evaluation and everything, you know, we have to wonder is how, like, to what extent is Jeffrey Lurie trusting sure. Joe Douglas? Is there a point where, I'm not saying, I don't, I really don't think it's going to get to the point where Lurie's going to be like setting the board and picking the players. I watched him play in Mobile. We're taking him. I don't think it's going to be to that extreme, but you, you wonder because if he's going to pick and choose where he's going to get a great involved, point. you can only wonder, well, you know, where is he meddling and how would we even know? Yeah. And, and that's what, I guess, and that's what we're kind of leave this at. What is it exactly that will alleviate a lot of that, like, worry about all that stuff going on? Because there's concerns, and, yeah, you know, it's it's hard to be confident one way or the other. I think everybody's just kind of waiting, like, hey, you're being too hard on Howie. Hey, you're not being hard enough on Howie. And it's always kind of somewhere in the middle, even though I think me and James are the other side of that. <laughs> but what what's going to alleviate that pressure real quick, James? It's, I don't – I think ultimately winning. <laughs> I know that sounds simple, but – I don't. I think what BLG said is true. Unless we get these stories coming out, unless people are leaking things or whatever, we're not gonna know what was Jeffrey's call, what was Howie's call, what was Joe's call. We're gonna have to see, you know, positivity born out on the field in games to actually believe that this power structure, whoever it is making the decisions, is someone we can trust. Well, it's gonna be an interesting off season. We will be here next week. A little self promotional. Uh, if you're around uh, next Wednesday morning, I'll be on Breakfast on Broad, hanging out with that. Wing Bowl's coming up on Monday. I know there's a lot of us that are going to be down there as well. And always keep the conversation going at BGN underscore uh, on the Twitter.com and also BGNRadio.com, BleedingGreenNation.com. For John Archer, James Seltzer, and Brandon Lee Gow, and you have Joe Jiglio coming up next right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.